Hi everyone, welcome to the Useless Doctors Book Club. I'm Sarah. I'm Harshini. And I'm Pooja. And this is season two, episode 11, where we talked about Wish You Were Here by Jody Piglot. Pickle. <laughs> Pickle. Okay, I always get the last name wrong. I don't know why. Uh, anyway, this is a book that I chose. Just, I don't even know. I, once again, somewhere in the depths of Goodreads, I found this book. <laughs> it's my go to place to find books. Uh, we'll find out if it's a hit or miss. So, Harshini, can you give us a brief, spoiler free summary about the book? Yep. So, this book basically follows a woman named Diana who is living her life in New York City. She is um, like has a longer term boyfriend who is currently a resident at a hospital. He's, you know, on the doctor track and she is working in the art auction world is what Goodreads said. I don't actually know what like her exact title is, but she sells art um, with this famous, like, you know, prestigious company. Um, so she's like almost about to be 30 and she's like got her life moving in the right direction. She does have like this issue with this art piece that she's trying to sell and stuff, but she's basically about to go on vacation to the Galapagos Island where she highly suspects that her boyfriend who she's going with is going to propose to her so it's like yes her life is like getting there to like you know achieving all of her life goals basically in her career and in her personal life but lo and behold it is March 2020 a time that we don't really <laughs> look back fondly upon and this book does take place during COVID so as you can imagine, her boyfriend who is working at a hospital starts dealing with a ton of patients coming in with COVID um, and like things are just starting to get worse. So boyfriend's like, hey, I can't come. His name is Finn, by the way. I don't know why I keep saying boyfriend. <laughs> Finn can't come. And so she is thinking about going to the Galapagos Island by herself, which she kind of ends up doing. So with that, before we get into spoiler territory, I'll pass it on to Pooja to give her spoiler-free review. What did you think, Pooja? Yeah, so uh, I did not know that this was a book about COVID before reading it, and uh, I was very surprised when I first read the thing. I, I had a feeling, like I also read a little bit of the summary beforehand like the on Goodreads just to kind of get a sense of like what this book was about so I knew it was sad um that's kind of the vibe that I got also Jodi Picot like the author was the author of the um the book My Sister's Keeper which is like another like notoriously sad book so I was like okay well I think there's a trend here she tends to write very emotional books um but yeah but I've heard that she's like a really good writer so I was like okay like this is going to be like a solid book and I agree I do think that she's a fantastic writer the writing throughout the entire book was solid like she is really good at description she's really really good at character development and growth and that sort of thing and like writing about um the entire book is kind of like from 
the main protagonist perspective, Diana's perspective. Um, and like you, you kind of see her, you know, as she goes through the Galapagos and like dealing with the initial, you know, ramifications of being quarantined and like being kind of isolated and like loneliness and like, I don't know, I think she did a really good job of like capturing a lot of pandemic emotions um, in that initial, initial part of the book. Um, I, however, uh, <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but like, I didn't necessarily, I only liked the first half of this book. The second half, I was not a fan. Um, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, we can talk about it more in the, in the spoiler section, but yeah, I really, I did really think the first half was super interesting. Like the situation that was presented was really interesting. Like the the influence of that situation on Diana's perspective on like her life and like her relationships and like her future and like her plans for the future also like for a lot of people can relate to the fact that like COVID put a lot of people's plans on hold or like change the way they view the world or change the way that they interact with people that they know and like you know just like generally kind of it there was a lot of like there there was a lot of like a uh, emotional ramifications from the living in a pandemic um and i think that that was really well done in the first half so i definitely liked that um but yeah i gave this book three stars i would not uh, i don't know how to i don't know if i recommend it or not i would recommend this book um no i would only recommend the first half of this book <laughs> sorry read the first half ignore the rest of it I'd be like that um but uh I definitely do think that this book is worth reading though like at least the first half of it it's it's really well done um I definitely I think that the author is good um you know she did a really good job the characters are really interesting the, the situation that's set up is really interesting um but I would say that I probably still am kind of like it's a COVID-19 book and we're still too close to it. Um, and I think maybe a couple of years down the line, I would have, like, if I had read this a couple of years down the line, I would have a different reaction. Um, and I think like having it too close to the actual event is a little, I don't know, it's still unsettling. Like you're, we're not out of the pandemic yet. It's still going on. Yes, things are better now, but like, it's still like an ongoing thing. So if I read this like five years from now, maybe I would have a different opinion. Um, but yeah, I would just be aware if you're, if you're not into COVID-19 books, then definitely don't read this, but I don't know who would be into it, but <laughs> if, if you're not okay with reading about COVID-19, then definitely avoid it. But if you, if you're all right with it, then, then yeah, go ahead, give it a read. Um, but Sarah, you recommended this book. How did you think about it? Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. <laughs> I hated the second half of the book. I think it utterly destroyed the book. And I kind of feel bad because I feel like there's like a lot of emotions in the second half. And like, I feel it's probably, I mean, it, it's well done, but I still hate it. Especially because like when I read the description, for some reason, I didn't realize that when they said virus, it meant COVID-19. Because if I would have known that it was a COVID book, I definitely would not have wanted to read it. And I think because it's a COVID book, it really knocks my rating down to probably 
I don't know because I really like the beginning part of this book so it's it's such a tug of war I'm like maybe it's a 2.5 because the ending but then I was thinking about the beginning I'm like no it's not a 2.5 I just give it a 2.75 it's just yeah I really enjoyed the first half of this book and I remember like like you Pooja and Hoshini saying like oh they finished this book so fast I was like yeah I get it like this is an interesting story about her being on in the Galapagos without her boyfriend but it just went all to shit <laughs> so I really don't like it I would not recommend this book to anyone even if you're okay with reading a COVID-19 book I mean I guess if you wanted to it's just, yeah, like Pooja said, it's too soon. I mean, everyone already, like the emotions of COVID are still like present because we're still in it. So it's like maybe years from now, like Pooja said, it would be like, oh yeah, this is how we felt. But like, it's just, it's just not enjoyable at all to live through it again through a book. So I don't like it. I wouldn't recommend it. What about you, Hashini? Okay, so second podcast in a row, I am disagreeing with both of you, Um, and this is one of the reasons why I, yeah, I told them before that I didn't put my rating on Goodreads because it was a spoiler last time, (laughs) and I wanted it to be a surprise this time, but I actually, I don't know, like, when I finished this book, I was really, like, yeah, I think this is probably my first five-star book of the podcast, which Pooja's face is like so surprised. And I also am surprised that it is a book that you guys both rated so well. But um, I wouldn't say it's a pure five stars. It's like a 4.7 for me. Um, so two main reasons I think I disagree with the two of you is like, I obviously don't like COVID, but I'm more okay with thinking about COVID. Um, I think, you know, it, it was hard to like read stuff that is like very much rooted in reality, but I think it, it did make me like be able to relate to the book and the emotion and stuff. Like, I think, yeah, this is like one of the other, I don't know, like, I guess maybe something relevant is like, for me to feel emotion like I I really need to like believe these people are real that's why I feel like I only feel a lot of emotion when I watch like shows that are like real people competing in a like game like you know survivor and stuff like that because I like know that their emotion is really real so I feel like in that way maybe I don't know that's like my like reasoning for it but maybe there's something else but I I feel like I also you know personally like obviously was super privileged during COVID so I feel like a lot of the learnings and like the stuff that came out of this book it was like I I know people experienced that but it was nice to kind of read a book about it because my own experience was like from a very privileged perspective of like yes it was isolating but like I also lived with family and like I don't know I I definitely had I think you know, one of the more ideal situations during the pandemic. Um, And then the other thing is, I'm curious to hear about like, you know, both of yours perspectives on the things that we can't talk about in the spoiler part. (laughs) But I would say that 
as we've alluded to, like the second half is a little different. And I think that was okay for me. Like, I think for me, I actually started this book. Like I like liked the idea of it, but I didn't necessarily find it super compelling. Like if book went the way that it was going in the beginning like I don't think I would have been like that's like okay yeah it's like an interesting book but I don't know I think like the things that ended up happening were more surprising in a good way for me so yeah I liked it and the ending honestly was like a bit abrupt but also like something about like the epilogue just like really spoke to me in that moment, which I think is what ultimately made me like rate it so high was, um, I don't know. I was just like, you are speaking to me right now. <laughs> like, I don't know, we'll get more into it. Cause I feel like I'm going to accidentally spoil something, but just the like things that it was, you know, the character was saying were very much like, I needed to hear this, even though I think it's like, not it's kind of cliche-ish, but like it's it's stuff that I think meant something to me, like my life right now. But anyway, with all that, I would, I would, well, I don't know, hearing both of you and this book is also rated well, okay? So I would like to say that I feel like even though the last book in this book, I am not the common opinion here. I am the common opinion in Goodreads readers. So, um, I would say that I would recommend this book if, again, yeah, you're okay with reading about COVID, and I don't know, I would kind of recommend it to specific people. Again, can't spoil anything, but, like, people who I know would be okay with that kind of book, which, honestly, I think a lot of my friends would also get annoyed (laughs) by, like, the direction this book turned. All right, I feel like we've we've hinted a lot at spoilers and that sort of thing so if you guys have no more to add in the non-spoiler section should we should we move ahead all right okay so if you're new here um and you're interested in reading this book as Harshini mentioned this book is highly rated on goodreads it has uh, it's been well received and we me and sarah seem to be in the minority camp in this situation. Um, so it is, you know, if, if it sounds like your jam, go ahead, read it, pause the podcast, go ahead, read it, and then come back and you can listen to our spoilery thoughts on this book. Um, but if this book just isn't speaking to you, if you're not interested, if the subject matter is not interesting, then stick around and we will dive into the spoilers starting now. Um, all right. Well, since we've since we've hinted at this plot twist that shall not be named, I say we go ahead and spoil the entire plot twist for everyone listening. So basically, the plot twist is that this entire so the first half of this book, Diana is on the Galapagos Islands. She is living her life. The pandemic is happening. It's ravaging the world, um, but she seems to be kind of away from it all and the. The island has kind of isolated itself. So like people aren't able to travel on and off the island. So yeah, so she's she's kind of like in this essentially COVID-free zone. She's kind of just like coping. Um, she like makes friends with people. She kind of integrates herself into the community and all that sort of stuff. Um, and there's like all other stuff going on. But basically what ends up happening is that she kind of goes out swimming in the sea one day and then feels like she's drowning 
And then all of a sudden she wakes up and she's actually not in the Galapagos. She's in a New York Presbyterian hospital because she's been on a ventilator because she has COVID-19. And so she's actually been essentially hallucinating, but they don't use the word hallucinating. They call it kind of like a dream state or like a, you know, like a dream state that happens when you are so close to death, basically. Um, but yeah, like, so we find out that Diana has actually been diagnosed with COVID-19 and it's been severe case of COVID-19, so much so that she's been on a ventilator for several days and she, you know, wakes up from this, essentially what is, what they refer to as a dream or like this second life basically. Um, and yeah, and then she's like very disoriented. Like she's so confused as to like, she was like, that felt so real. What was it? Like, I don't know what's happening. Um, and yeah, and like she, like she, you know, it's like a very disorienting thing. And she spends a lot of the subsequent chapters kind of like dealing with this and like coping with, you know, not being essentially like in this kind of like comatose state for like a like extended period of time. So like her muscles have like, she has to like relearn how to walk basically. And like, she's not able to eat food for a significant period of time. And like, she's like basically struggling and like, she's also dealing with this emotional aspect of not having actually lived in that, in that place that she thought she was for a significant period of time. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like the main plot twist that this whole sequence, the far, whole first half didn't actually happen. But yeah, so I have some thoughts on this, but I'm curious about your guys' thoughts first and I wanna hear your guys' thoughts, so. Okay, I can go first. Um, so yeah, this is the part that, honestly, I was like, I, I didn't really think too much about how you guys would receive it, I guess. Like, the thing about this twist is, like, obviously, I think it's very shocking. First of all, I was like, I don't think even Pooja saw this one coming. Like, I don't know. It's definitely a shocking twist, but I feel like, at least for me, I don't know, maybe you guys had a different opinion. Like, it didn't feel like a cop-out or like, I don't know, the author just trying to like throw something at you because I think like, obviously it happened. Like, it's not like this happened at the very end and like, you know, last few pages, it's like, none of this was real. Um, I think, you know, we, as we said, it took a good half of the book to like unpack this part of it. I think what I really enjoyed was like, I, I'll talk a little bit more about like the, like her being stuck on the island part later, but like, I think, like I said, if the book just went on that way, like I'd have been like, okay, yeah, it's like, I, I'm like she's learning stuff she's like in this whole new world and it's teaching her stuff like I appreciate all of that but I think this like really for me brought to light this like idea that I think is very much like on the border of like fiction or like I don't know it's like hard because it's this is the kind of thing it's where it's like you know she's also throughout the book struggling with like people not believing her that she like really experienced this and they're just like you know, wanting to, like, make her feel okay about it, but, like, she can tell that no one actually believes her, so she goes out and, like, tries to find other people who have, who have had, like, similar experiences of having, like, very, very realistic situations of, like, I don't know if this is, if they called it lucid dreaming, but I, I read another book that was, like, not, not the same exact thing, but, like, similar kind of concept stuff going on and with that it definitely seemed like this is not super realistic 
but I feel like this book, especially because we saw other experiences of people and then like even at the very end like you see the author's note and she talks about like interviewing actual people who have had these experiences before like it again brought me back to like I feel like I'm learning something about like something I never really like heard of before or like knew about um and you know was probably a real experience for people during this time so I thought that was really interesting and definitely like the rest of the book was not happy like it was I think interesting to kind of see how she dealt with that and also how she because if that experience that she had was like real real then you know that would be one thing but it's like seeing how she dealt with that even though it wasn't like it was this different state experience like I think that was more interesting um than like you know the normal way to go about this book I guess but what did you think Sarah yeah so I think the actual twist was you know I liked it I thought it was interesting I also definitely didn't see it coming and yeah I like the twist my issue is that I was more invested in her dream than I was like with the reality aspect I mean I don't I guess I just prefer books that are like happy and I was like ooh, there's like a romance sparking and like this is my vibe and then it just all of a sudden switched and it's like dreary and miserable and there's nothing happy about the second half of the book and I just like like at least have one thing that's happy like I was just sad reading the whole second half of the book like maybe it is realistic but it doesn't make me enjoy it so yeah I thought the twist was good yeah like you said definitely not forced I mean I guess it's it's impressive that the author could do like this like we felt happy like she was in this dream and where she wanted to go back because it was so much better than real life and then we go to her real life and it's miserable but like like it, it, I guess it was good writing. I just didn't like it because I hate sad and the whole second, yeah, half of the book is just sad. But what did you think, Pooja? So I, so I, Arshdi, you were right. I did not predict this twist coming. <laughs> I was, I was definitely very, very surprised by it. Um, the thing is, though, I think I have a little bit of a different opinion than both of you. Like. I, I, my whole issue was that I felt like there was too much of a tonal shift, which makes sense because it's a dream versus a reality, right? Like it's like a, but it's not even necessarily like a dream. Like it feels like it's real. And it's like this, that's why I refer to it as like a second life kind of like, it's like your alternative life versus like your real life. Um, But the thing is though, I, I really liked the setup in the beginning because I thought like this idea that, you know, like this woman, she gets stranded on this island after COVID-19 hits, she gets stranded on this island and the island, the people on the island, the community, the area, the situation all make her kind of think differently about her life, her future plans. Like she kind of gets more comfortable dealing with uncertainty. And that in itself was a lot of character development in that first half, right? It was just like a, like, 
this woman's life gets upended and she just has to learn how to deal with it. And I really like that. And I liked like the kind of idea that like this community is kind of like coming together and helping each other out and like doing things for each other. And it, it was just like such a, it was just like an interesting, such an interesting, you know, situation. And I just, I wanted to see that play out. I wanted to see how, like, how she would react to having to move back to New York and like dealing with the consequences of like, you know, like her life and like Gabriel and like all of the other, you know, characters, whatever. And like the daughter, like that daughter, Gabriel's daughter also like dealing, how to kind of reconcile that with like this life that she has in New York city with Finn. Right. I was interested. I wanted to see that play out. I wanted to see that happen. Um, and the twist kind of like meant that this wasn't real. Like this wasn't the actual reality that happened. And therefore I can't see that play out. I think if, I feel like the second half, the tonal shift, like if the second half was its own book and it kind of started off like that, I feel like I, I wouldn't have necessarily had the reaction that I had. If I, if the entire book was in that kind of tone, I would have been like, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense, whatever. But it just felt so different. And I feel like that kind of threw me off and I just wasn't able to get really invested in the second half because like characters that are barely mentioned in the first half are like suddenly reappear in the second half. Like you see Finn uh, and he's like obviously mentioned in the first half, but like he's a bigger presence in the second half. And I just felt like I didn't really connect with him that much. I was like, okay, like, you know, obviously the circumstances of the book kind of make like make him, you know, come in and out, whatever, but I don't know, like the second half was just, it was really sad, I agree, but I don't, I don't really have an issue with sadness, it's like sad books, I read sad books all the time, but like, I think it was just the tonal shift, and then the setup that could have been, that just wasn't, and it's not necessarily, I think it's, again, I'm gonna say the same thing I said in the last podcast, where I'm like, it's a case of, it's not you, it's me, (laughs) it's not like I don't I think the author was really good like I think I appreciated how in-depth like I also read the author's notes and like she did a lot of research and understanding like how people who were on ventilators who have these near-death experiences do kind of go into this like second life kind of state type of thing where they can like genuinely feel that what they are experiencing even though that night might not be real um and yeah, so she did, she did like a lot of research on that and like talked to a lot of people and interviewed people about their experiences. So like, I definitely respect the direction that it took. I just don't, I would, I did not, I, I was too invested in the first half and I didn't really care. I guess that's very similar to what Sarah was saying. Where it's like the first half just, it was so much more interesting. I was like, yes, I wanted to see this play out and it just didn't happen, so. Yeah, yeah I think that's definitely fair. Um, so I have a lot of responses, but I think one thing was like, for me in the beginning, like I, I obviously liked it as well. I think honestly, like this is where I was getting at with like, I think it, it was a great story in the beginning. I just don't think it's like super unique in that like people want to go abroad and like you live like locals and like that is a thing. And I think, you know, like she expected to have this like nice vacation, but her circumstances led her to like be there with no money, no way to contact Finn. Like, you know, she was definitely in those like circumstances that again, like I think that kind of thing is really interesting. And like, 
personally, like, I really want to have that kind of experience of, like, I think that's why, like, I, like, originally really liked, you know, got into Survivor and, like, you know, even though I wouldn't actually want to <laughs> go through this because it's hard, right, but it's, like, I, I feel like I would want to be on Survivor or like have an experience like that where you're just like stripped down to like you your entire life as you've structured it is like not there anymore so like who are you without all of the like stuff around you and like your job and like all the stuff that I think like society has made life to be um so I I think all those concepts are very interesting I just don't think it's like definitely it's not a unique concept to me and like you know I think with the whole like her and Gabriel thing like obviously like great Gabriel's a great guy and like loved the whole dynamic between him and like his daughter and like all of that was really really interesting too I was just like I don't know how I can reconcile this with like like she legitimately cheated on Finn who's like you know about to propose to her and everything so I was a bit surprised I mean like I don't know maybe maybe you didn't have a problem because honestly you were rooting for them but I was like where is your problem with this cheating going on because I don't know it's just like I mean when you're reading that part you're like like I was super conflicted and it was one of those things where I was like I don't know how this ending is gonna satisfy me if it goes this way because like either she's going to like break up with Finn and be with them and obviously like I think that you know because you're invested in these characters like that that feels right but at the same time that's like you know you are like screwing this over this other person and like being really selfish in this situation honestly um like the other aspect of it is she gets all these like emails from Finn and like you know they they can't really stay in contact but he is a doctor on the front lines dealing with COVID-19 in New York City and then she is kind of like having this experience that is a little hard but it's like you know she is making it work like she has people who are supporting her and like she is living her best life honestly in this situation comparatively which as I said before like I feel like that was me during the pandemic so I don't know this is something I just kind of thought of but like I feel like it's an interesting thing you guys talked about like this shift you know like honestly I feel like that was it could have been me on a different level where like you know some people were just coasting through the pandemic with like everything was like great they were like partying with no masks on before vaccines were out all of that and then it's like you know someone who you love could get COVID it could be someone who's your age you know could pass away or like be in a really terrible situation so I don't know I think like even her being in that situation and also like the stuff going on around her I think that's like more representative honestly I feel like this being a pandemic book like I would also as much as I would want to love it if it went the like whole like she goes on an island has this life-changing experience like that is not the reality of the pandemic so I, I think that would have also felt like not right for me to like this book if it's just about her like nice ideal experience during the pandemic like this is the reality of the pandemic so as much as it sucks and like I think in a way she still got to have that of like this like what she did is like basically choose that life in the Galapagos Islands that's like different from everything she set up she like you know at the end 
didn't want to marry Finn anymore, basically like came back to the Galapagos a few years later and like, you know, ending is like on this like cliffhanger of like who who is like the person who said, I don't know what the last word was, but like, it seems like maybe it was Gabriel. We don't know, but like, I feel like she chose that life and she still kind of had all of those feelings that we like know she had in the beginning but just it wasn't it wasn't as concrete because it was in the second life state but anyway sorry I just rambled but <laughs> someone else I okay I have a, a the thing is you bring up a really good point about like reality of the pandemic right and like this idea that like if she she was in the first half she's like the coaster she's like in this coasting camp like the people who just kind of like we're like, yeah, I'm on. There are worse ways to live out your quarantine than being on the Galapagos Islands, right? So I understand that. And I definitely, I that's a really good point. And I didn't think about this, um, about like how this is supposed to kind of reflect reality. And if she kind of got this like nice happy ending on her island life, it would be like not doing justice to the tragedy that was 2020 basically and like how many people died and like all that sort of stuff the thing is I know I hate cheating in books I was the first half I was like super upset so what the thing is though it was also so interesting like here you have your my main thing wasn't even that she was cheating it was the fact that she was cheating on this man while he was going through like one of the worst periods of his own life like of his professional life like literally there were so many scenes where like he's like clearly struggling like just mentally physically emotionally like he's just struggling be existing in new york city during 2020 being in the front lines in this hospital and she's just like yeah so i went swimming today and like i like you know uh cheated on you with this guy named gabriel who's like really nice or whatever and like I kind of had a feeling that there would be like a cheating plot line in this because they had way too much chemistry in the beginning for this not to be like a cheating storyline. So I was like, okay, yeah. But like, I definitely, uh, yeah, like there there were so many like, so many scenes that were just like really emotional. Like there's the scene where her father dies where she's like doing a flashback. And then there's the fact that like she experiences her mother passing away in the second life and then also experiences it again, like in real life later on. Um, and it's just so like, I don't know, like it, it's just, there were certain scenes like that where I was like, this is definitely really well done. But like the fact that it happened twice, I just, I don't know what it was. Like it just like weirdly bothered me. The other thing is that like, I, for some reason, like my feelings with the second half were that, I felt like it focused too much on her relationship with Finn. And obviously because she felt like she was emotionally cheating on him in the second life. But like, I felt like her decisions to do things, her decisions not to marry him, not to pursue her career, like in the way that she was, she wanted to like pursue a master's degree in art therapy. I felt like all of them were very much connected to the men in the book. Like, they were connected to the fact that she still liked Gabriel and they were connected to the fact that like she didn't like Finn anymore. But like it, it felt like it wasn't a decision based on like her actual experience. Like I felt like the girl, right? Oh, I've literally forgot her name. Oh my God. Uh, Gabriel's daughter. 
is it Beatrice or like Beatrice or something like that? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, anyway. something like that. Okay. <laughs> I'll just go call her Beatrice then. <laughs> but like Beatrice played such a large part in the first half, right? Like her relationship, like she is kind of the first person who gets to know Diana when she's on the Galapagos Islands. And like they connect, they bond really well. And like Beatrice obviously has like this very like, you know, she has like a very intense past and like she's experiencing like internal trauma and all that sort of stuff. But like she, like her relationship with her plays no bearing it felt like it played no bearing in how differently she viewed her life in the second half like I felt like her choices in the second half were driven by her relationship with Gabriel and her relationship with Finn and like those were the reasons why she chose to choose a different path in her life rather than making those decisions by herself you know what I'm saying like it obviously she made the decisions by herself but it wasn't like they were like the catalyst was those relationships, not necessarily the fact that she had a near-death experience or not necessarily the fact that like in the second life, she like met this person who was really struggling and somehow she managed to give her that girl like some solace in her life through being friends with her or something like that. Like, or like the fact that the Galapagos Islands taught her something. I don't know. It just felt like it wasn't, I, I felt like the the relationships and her anger towards Finn or her anger towards not being with Gabriel were like the catalysts for this and that kind of really I don't know it just like didn't I was just which is it's fine but I just didn't want that I wanted something else <laughs> but yeah I mean I feel like it's it, it wasn't solely based on the men though but like she I I do agree a large part of it is because of the men which is pretty annoying but I mean she visited her mother because she thought her mother was dying not necessarily because of i forgot his name finn or the other guy gabriel gabriel Gabriel. i was like it starts with a g and it's definitely not george but i don't know what else it is yeah like that i mean i guess gabriel consoled her but it was he wasn't like you should have like a stronger connection with your mom or anything like that and I would also argue her her art therapy is also like I'd say a large part of it was brought on because she was drawing portraits at the pier of the I guess kids or whoever wanted to trade things so I feel like that and yeah that that might have spurred on her art therapy so I see your point in that the men do have a big impact, which is kind of annoying. But I'd say there's also other impacts that were based on the island and I guess just her her dream in general, um, not necessarily because of the men. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that too, because I don't know, for me, like I, I do think that like she kind of meant like I think you know it seemed like I don't remember exact situations of like when she was thinking back to her experience on the island like it did feel like you know she was really thinking about Gabriel and like you said it was it was kind of like the whole emotional cheating like struggle that she had and um yeah but I think a lot of like what she got out of her experience on the island to me like I I feel like the Gabriel stuff happened towards the very end so it was kind of like the last stuff that we were left with before she had her whole like 
drowning water and then coming to like the actual life situation but yeah I felt like a lot of that was like there was another part that I remember where um she's like building a castle or something and using like the trash that Beatrice was collecting to like and and I think that's when she first kind of like really calls it art therapy um but yeah I I definitely felt like a lot of her experience was like the whole going on this island and like basically not having like she wasn't working towards anything on her list of like these are the things that I need to achieve um so I I viewed it as more of like that experience that she had and like realizing that hey like I'm in this life but I'm actually like not happy and I like I could be happier you know there's like this whole other experience that I had that like really changed my perspective and and I mean I don't know I don't think all of this was like neatly said or anything but like from what I got out of it it was like you know even her life before the pandemic like this is all stuff that I'm going like working towards but for what you know like it's just because like I'm interested in this field and this is the best company to work at and this is like what I should be doing with my life or like you know this is my boyfriend and our plans just work so well together that you know like we have had no issues and we are on this like same track and we can work together well but like yeah I feel I feel like her experiences it was almost like she was just experiencing like not it feels weird to say like experiencing emotion for the first time but just like different kinds of emotions and different kinds of like lifestyle that just make you question how you live and so that's like the part that I was talking about that like you know I've always like I I feel like I need to have that kind of experience and then like I think that's why the epilogue was really like I don't know the whole like ending to epilogue was like a little abrupt for me I think also because I saw that I wasn't like at a hundred percent like I was like at like 92 percent and I was like where's the rest of the book but anyways that was like it like really talked about you know this whole like I would say somewhat cliche thing of like don't like just you know have a life that is so like carved out perfectly and stuff like that I don't know I just feel like it was like something I needed to hear because I am very much a person who likes to have a plan and like I'm sure if I was in that situation where she was I'd be like perfect I have a boyfriend who's like all of our plans align but that's not that's not like actual life and I don't know it's like it works for some people but it's not all there is to life and like you're you shouldn't feel so like confined by I guess what like society really tells you um the perfect life should be so I don't know where this conversation even started I feel like I went down a different tangent yeah I mean I I literally like I do like the messaging of this book and and I do agree that like I I for totally Sarah to your point about the art part like I genuinely forgot about that actually so that that is a good point as well in terms of like what she gained and Harshini what you were talking about with like what she gained from like the island itself I agree I I don't know I think that at the forefront of my mind it just felt like she fell in love with a dude that didn't exist and then she felt really bad about it <laughs> and that's why she broke up with Finn um even though like I think the deeper message was more about like listen 
you are living your life based on like what looks good on paper when in reality that's not life is not paper right so like you should like you can you need to it's like I feel like everyone learned the learned this from the pandemic that like what you can make all your plans but life has other plans in store for you regardless of whatever plan that you make and you need to be comfortable with adapting or at least be aware that you have to adapt at some point to a different situation. Um, and I think that's kind of like the main thing that the pandemic taught me, I know as a person who also is someone who really likes plans, but knows that like, now I know, well, your life can be upended tomorrow and you just have to be okay with that. Um, but yeah, but I do really like the messaging. And I think that's, I, I agree with you. I think that's like something that a lot of people needed to hear, but also just like, it's like a very unsettling idea that like, oh yeah, like this person looks so good on paper. Our plans align. It's like, well, maybe you shouldn't just marry him because your plans align. The thing is though, personally, it's not even like I was a big fan of Finn. Like I was just like, I feel like we didn't really get his perspective and therefore I couldn't really relate to him that much. But like given his letters to Diana and like, you know, how deeply he clearly cared for her as a person, um, even if he didn't necessarily think so romantically of her, but like he definitely deeply, deeply cared for her as a person to like, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But like, he, I feel like they did him dirty in this book. <laughs> like this man, the entire first half, he's just sending him these emails. He's struggling, he's struggling. And she's, you know, at this point in time, we think she's like gallivanting off in the Galapagos Islands, right? And then they get into this argument where he's just like surprised that she would go. And he's just, she's just like, why didn't you like you told me to go and then that's like the cause of like the, what's main argument and like kind of pushes her towards Gabriel a little bit because she's like we argued because he thought I wouldn't go and then I actually went and then in the second half it's like she feels like she fell in love with someone else and this man still like this entire time has been caring for her and like you know doing all this stuff for her and like trying his best and like yes he's a little bit overprotective but you almost died okay <laughs> like the person he thought he was gonna marry almost died like obviously he's gonna be way overprotective of you and like way cautious about everything I just feel like she like ignored him like she just like didn't I don't know I just feel like she did not acknowledge him enough as like someone who is kind of a grounding presence in her life like she she kind of like faulted him for caring too much essentially and I don't know it just like rubbed me the wrong way and I know that wasn't the intention of the author I know the author was trying to be like she's clearly like D Diana as a person is going through a lot of internal changes and like emotional turmoil but like I don't know I feel like Finn just like got all the worst parts of everything all the situations in this book I don't even like him that much but I felt bad for that yeah, yeah, he definitely did not not have a great situation. Um, one thing I was just going to say to your earlier point was like, I would argue that she made choices less because of men, because Gabriel was not like she looked these people up. They, they were not real. So she didn't leave. And like, you know, if, if things played out normally, like she could have left Finn for Gabriel, but she didn't do that. She just left him because he wasn't right for her. Um, I do, I do see like, cause I, another wrote, note I wrote down was like, I, I feel like, you know, in the book, you're like, 
these people probably won't end up together but by the end I was kind of like I don't know when she was working through like the second half like all the stuff going on I I kind of thought like maybe they would somehow end up together and like she would kind of stay with him but I I feel like the her choice was really like you know this is not what I want like this is not the kind of life I want I don't remember like exactly what happened with um I don't know like I feel like I'm, I'm just forgetting some of the <laughs> last part of this book yeah I I don't know that she necessarily told him like how much she appreciated him and stuff so like that would have definitely been nice to see but this wasn't like a the thing I do remember because I just looked at a few pages was like the it ended kind of before the epilogue on like you're perfect but you're not perfect for me and like yeah it was it was really like an internal thing that she was going through I think the only thing that was like more his fault was maybe he wasn't like she definitely didn't seem like he like she felt like he was trying to understand what she was going through with the whole like you know dream or second life situation like I I felt like her friend Roy I forget his name I think his name is Rodney Rodney that makes makes sense yes Rodney um yeah it seemed like Rodney was being a lot more understanding of like hey like I believe you and like you know even got her in contact with this like person his sister um it was his sister the psychic the psychic yes I was like yeah and I didn't know psychics would like be the right person to contact for this kind of stuff but yeah it like really helped her and like I don't know I feel like he was doing the kind of thing that like if if Finn had been more like that and again Finn was going through it himself like I also think you know it was it was a situation too like they they were not if this was not him being a doctor during the pandemic and like he went through a lot himself as well like you know things might have been different he did he I did feel really bad for him too because I was you just went through all this shit and then you like you know got like your proposal was rejected um but I also like feel like I I wasn't super mad at Diana I don't know I I felt bad for him but I was also not mad at her because I assumed that they like you know I don't know maybe actually this was a wrong assumption to make because she's still okay she didn't have the dream life of going to the Galapagos Islands she was actually in the hospital with COVID but and like you know went through a bunch of shit after that too so it wasn't like how you like your perspective in the beginning of like she has great life he has terrible like situation right now but I still feel like I don't know I just I it was a it's it's not you it's me situation with her (laughs) so that's that's the kind of vibe I got and I also felt like you know in the end I was like okay he's like with that girl from oh also sorry this is like very like specific point I got remembered of but like I think this was just her being like jealous and paranoid but like I remember he was like talking about this other woman that he works with at the hospital and he ends up marrying her in the epilogue um or like is engaged to her um but yeah I don't know it seemed like when he mentioned her it was a very like secretive kind of thing and I was like is something going on there but I don't know this woman had sex in her second life with another man okay I won't hear anything (laughs) (laughs) 
she had no right to be jealous okay <laughs> yeah honestly that's true but I I was like I, I don't know if something is going on or not it was I definitely left unclear but um if it because I'm just saying if it was like maybe he was not happy either so I don't know yeah maybe but like I don't know I feel like he wouldn't if he he clearly showed that he cared a lot about her so I feel like he wouldn't just go yeah yeah definitely and I mean he still proposed to her and everything I just wonder if it's like I think a lot of couples are in that situation like I forget how long they've been dating I forget like when they started dating but it's like the type of situation where you're like you're with someone for so long like it just seems natural to not to just be with them you know but it's like and again, like, I, I don't think this is like any part on Finn's fault. I just think like people change. And so it's very hard to be like, even two different people who are like changing constantly throughout life. Like it is hard for those two people to like change together and stay together. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it is it, like, also, I feel like obviously her like rejecting his proposal. Like, I don't think people are going to stay together after that, but like, I don't know like she also I think there was another time where he was about to propose and she just kind of like ran away and I think he got the message because then he didn't try to give her a ring he like gave her a bracelet or like something else and like didn't propose to her because she was too scared was that am I losing my mind was that before she went to the Galapagos or was that no I I think it was after yeah Yeah. but like I don't know I don't know I, I feel like it is the type of thing where again like I feel like she changed a lot and he didn't really like change with her and it's just a situation where you're just like I don't know like either we're gonna stay in this and be unhappy or we're gonna break up you know yeah I get that but at the same time I feel like she didn't even give him a chance like yeah she wanted that her life was not as planned out as I mean she said she wants to go back to or she wants to go to grad school for art therapy or something like that and he it wasn't like he was like no don't do that it's like not in the plan he was like okay go to grad school like we'll figure it out I feel like what annoyed me is that she was like painting him out to be like this bad I I guess not necessarily bad person but like a super bad match when she didn't even give him a chance like maybe he's more flexible maybe like he doesn't have it set in stone that their future has to be like the way that they said it would I mean our therapy was not in their future and he was still okay with it It wasn't like he was like why on earth would you ever change the plans so it kind of annoyed me that she was like she changed and she's like you're never gonna understand me and then she broke up with him when she didn't even give him a chance to understand there was just like a lack of communication yeah definitely a lack of communication and understanding yeah 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 I can see that I do think like I don't know I I do think like it's not the most ideal situation for her to just like reject him and stuff but I also I don't know what made him propose but I'm just questioning his judgment a little bit too because I I just feel like he said he said his rationale was that like she almost died and then her mom died and he's like I can't live without you like I guess it's not a whole lot of rationale because you're like you're dating like it's not like well he he didn't think she would leave him 
So I like I I see how the proposal maybe not hundred percent necessary, but I could also see like if you see death so much in the ICU and like your girlfriend almost dies and then her mom dies, you're like, oh my god, I want to propose. Yeah. <laughs> but like at the same time, you should probably take into consideration her feelings and she just went through a lot of shit. She probably doesn't want to deal with that. Yeah, because I feel like, like, what are you going to do in that situation? Like, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe, maybe there could have been a whole thing of, like, her being, like, not right now, but, like, maybe later or whatever. But, like, you know, she wasn't in the place to accept his proposal because she's, like, I, I don't know what I want anymore. So I feel like she was in the place to, like, say no to a marriage proposal specifically. Um, And, yeah, that's what I was, like, I, I forget. Like, again, I, I feel like he was about to propose earlier and then, like, she ran away so he was like and then he ended up giving her like some bracelet or whatever it was um instead so like I don't know I think that like kind of recently had happened or I don't know sometime in the second half of the book so I'm just saying like I don't know I I just don't fault her for like it's not like she just like up and said like I'm break I want to break up now she like rejected a marriage proposal so like I just have a little more sympathy for that even like and then they just like didn't end up together you know which is I don't know I don't know if that makes a difference but like what I'm saying is she didn't just like come out and say I'm I mean I get I get it but at the same time like you you saw like her inner thoughts and she was definitely not into Finn anymore like I feel like up leading up to the proposal she was like annoyed with him and it, it was like I was like, oh, I, I feel like she's going to leave him soon because she just doesn't think he understands. But, you know, she didn't even like that. Honestly, that was a big part why I didn't like the second book. I feel like she was not giving him a chance. And she was like, I don't kind of creating the situation for herself because she she didn't even want him to understand. She just wanted it her own way and wanted like, I guess, like a Gabriel type person. I don't know it just bothered me because like you have this great guy that really loves you I guess it doesn't mean everything but it it should mean enough that you would actually like try to fix it and help him understand how you changed and whether you can still work yeah yeah I I think there definitely could have been more of like a working through it period um I I'm like I don't know if this is the right book this is what happens when I read a book like earlier than we record but like what was it the like I think she was saying like she couldn't work so he was the only person making an income and that was like having a strain on their relationship as well um and then yeah she was like I I think he might have given some initial pushback or something like that I know he like afterwards was like yeah I'm like down for you to like pursue this new art therapy um route but like I think you know, she was also like, I can't, I cannot afford to like, or I don't know, I'm like putting this strain on our relationship with like him being the only source of income and me wanting to then go to grad school and stuff like that. So I don't know, I guess like the other reason why I'm not super mad about it is again, it's not like it happened super quickly. Like I, I get what you're saying and that like, it, it did feel a lot like she didn't try hard enough to make it work and it it did seem like she was just like she just wanted to change her life but at the same time like I feel like there were things that happened and things from his end as well that like it just seemed like they they weren't working in that particular situation you know and it was like almost like 
you should take a break, you know, at least. And it's the kind of thing where like, I guess I fill in the blanks for myself is like, you know, it's like, obviously this books, <laughs> I'm not going to see this happen. But like, if it was in real life, it's like, if you break up and then like the circumstances happen that like you get back together, then you're meant to be together, you know, but it's like, he ended up like living his own happy life. And, you know, within a few years got engaged to this other woman where like, she's not with anybody at that like epilogue stage or anything. So it's like, I don't know, it, it just from that, like also made me feel like, you know, he, he is better off with someone else too. Yeah, I definitely, I, I kind of see both, both of your perspectives on this. Like, I definitely do think that they were, they had some issues um, and some things that were like definitely straining their relationship. But I also think that there was a lack of communication. Like clearly she had underwent a lot of change and he didn't change in that way because he was just like, it was a period of five days. So he's probably like shell shocked that like, okay, in five days, how did she change so much? <laughs> but then she like thought that she was like away for months. And she was like, yeah, I underwent a lot of significant change in those months. And like, I have had different experiences and all this sort of stuff. So it's just, I don't know, there's just a lack of communication. And I think it's just kind of just the situation. I don't really think you can blame either person. Like he, I don't think you can blame Finn for how he reacted. He's probably like, five days, only five days have passed. Like how can five days really change your entire life that fast, you know? So, so I also, I kind of mentioned that like, um, you know, like I feel like we didn't really talk much about Beatrice, Beatrice, uh, I can, I'm going to ruin her name. I'm sorry. Uh, but Beatrice and Gabriel that much. Like we kind of like mentioned them in passing, but not really. Um, and I feel like they played a major part in the first half of this book, especially Beatrice. Um, and I feel like she wasn't really mentioned, um, unrightfully so, was not mentioned that much in the second half. But Beatrice is this teenage girl who um, Diana meets on the Galapagos Island in her second life. And um, Beatrice has the secret where she's suicidal and commits self-harm to herself. Um, but then also uh, she has like the secret regarding her sexuality and like she's, you know, upset and she's feeling lonely and like, I don't know, she has a lot going on in her life that she doesn't really communicate with her father, Gabriel. Um, but somehow she finds a friend in Diana and Diana is, you know, like very, you know, talks to her and is understanding of her situation and kind of convinces her to open up more to her father and like tell him about what's going on in her life and like you know all that sort of stuff and I think that I really like their relationship um and Harshni I think you made a really good point earlier about like this isn't necessarily a very unique situation like this is a plot line that is actually in a lot of books and I I'll be honest every single time it gets me like I, I happen to like this kind of like found family plot line or like unlikely relationships that form that are like really heartwarming like I, I just really liked their relationship I thought they were like you know just like good for each other um and it was just like very nice to see them have a bond and that sort of thing um but I, I like them I also liked Gabriel and I liked Gabriel and Diana better than Finn and Diana mostly because Gabriel just seemed to be like a more funny dude and like obviously Finn we haven't seen him in a non-COVID situation so like he might be a funny dude also but I have no idea but I don't know they had like too much chemistry so I knew that there was like some cheating going on here 
but I just, I don't know. It was just like a very like uh, interesting, it was just like a interesting to see them kind of like organically kind of get to know each other better and then like circumstance kind of put them together and then like they end up, you know, uh, getting together and that sort of thing. But what did you guys think of Gabriel and Beatrice um, and their relationship with Diana on the Galapagos Islands? When you brought that up, I was like, you know what, maybe Finn and Diana just don't have the right chemistry, <laughs> which I don't know. They we also have chemistry. I remembered like we did get kind of the way that they met. I forget what happened to Diana, but she was in the hospital and then like, you know, basically they arm. Yeah. And fin, like Finn was treating her and stuff. And I don't know, whatever. Let's leave them aside and talk about some different people. <laughs> but Gabriel and Beatrice, yeah, I really liked their story too. I feel like um I I also really like when um I I I don't know, yeah, the unlikely friendships, I guess, in general. Um it was it was just nice to see you know Diana finding this like being this like supportive person to Beatrice but you know she was obviously more of like a elder like you know not elderly like older like sister figure I guess um but it was also like more of a friendship which I always appreciate um and yeah, I feel like I don't know it was, it was all very heartwarming and very like cute and I loved how you know, she like helped them come together and also all of the stuff around like, you know, why Gabriel like, you know, is always like super nervous and, and doesn't really know how to like approach the situation. But like, obviously, Beatrice takes that differently. And so just like the way that all their dynamics played out was really well done, I think. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I was also like into, I remembered when I first started, <laughs> I don't know why, like it was, it was interesting to see that she was like going to the Galapagos Islands and everything, but like I wasn't into the book in the very beginning, but then like this first half part definitely drew me in with like the characters. Um, so yeah, I liked, I liked all of them. Good characters in this book. We don't, I don't know if you guys like didn't like anyone, but like I liked pretty much everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Well, I don't know if I like Diana, but I feel like, yeah, they don't, there's not many annoying characters where you're just like, oh my God, like, shut up. (laughs) But yeah, I like the dynamic of um, Beatrice and, oh my God, I already forgot. (laughs) Gabriel. Gabriel. (laughs) I, I, I thought it was very wholesome and Abuela. I know it was, it was nice cute little family that I didn't want to end which is maybe why I didn't like the second half of the book but yeah I think yeah they had a nice dynamic and I I I know you guys say it's cliche but I guess I still like the whole situation I don't I I guess I I haven't read as many books as you have so to me it's not that cliche so I don't know I enjoyed it yeah, I wouldn't say it's cliche. It's just, I think it's also something that just like other things that I watch and, you know, like, I don't know, it's it's a very much like a thing I like to re- like watch mainly in shows. Um, I don't think I've come across many books about it, honestly, but like, I don't know, it's just like not new to me, I think. Um, I don't think it's cliche though. And I think it's also like very much a thing of like, I don't know, travel and like 
I feel like that is why people like to travel and when they're young and stuff and they're just like, let me go find myself, you know, what, what we would have done if we didn't have a pandemic. So <laughs> I, yeah, like all full circle, but like, I, I understand why people would be sad. <laughs> like the first half, like half wasn't real and these people aren't even real. Like, I don't know if it would have been redeeming if it's like, like honestly that would be too weird though like to like act I don't know I I and I guess this brings me to my question of like what you guys think about this whole like second life thing because you know again like it it would have been weird like too weird too much of reality if like she went and like through this life met people that were real but and it seems like a lot of other experiences, like this one guy apparently has like a wife and maybe a kid like in his second life. And it's also something that he can like go back to, whereas she might've had some sort of situation, but like, she can't really like go back, you know, um, which is like hard for her too. But yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think about this in general? Like, like how much do you I guess believe it I, I feel like honestly having read this book like I feel like it is offensive to say that it's not real which I think is very well done also on the part of the author to like represent that experience and perspective but also like I don't know make you you kind of believe in it at least me like I was like okay like it's it's hard because you haven't experienced it but like you also want to believe it because you read it I guess yeah, I, I don't have any problem believing it really even like obviously it's it's not real and I feel like the people that undergo this know it's not real but it's like I mean I guess and maybe they don't because the guy is like oh I'm gonna find my child so I guess maybe not but it's just like I'm not surprised that the brain can make it make you perceive that it was reality so I can totally understand where they're coming from and why they would be like it felt so real even when it wasn't it's just like interesting because because Diana was like she thought he was kind of weird for being like oh I'm I know they're out there like I'm gonna go find my wife and kid but yeah I, it was interesting because she was like oh like what do you mean like she she like alluded to the fact that he didn't actually have a kid when he really thought he did and and it was interesting because she didn't like when people were like oh yours yours is not real like these people don't exist but yet she did it to him you know what I mean yeah I I remember that part because she was like he refers to it as like he refers to his second life as like my wife and my kid rather than like I don't know I don't know what else he would say but but yeah but like he kind of talks about them as if they are like in existence as in like they are like right around the corner or something like that whereas like she does not talk about her experience in that same terms though but she definitely is like but I I was there like I, I was there I lived this you know these people were real to me and like I felt like it was like several months and you know like all that sort of stuff so in terms of like whether I believe this or not, I don't think it's my place to say because I haven't lived this experience. So I have no idea. I do agree with both of you in the sense that like the human mind is like can do so many things. Like it, it, it I 
genuinely believe that if you you can like I don't know sometimes I have dreams that are like super vivid and I'm like well yeah I can imagine myself like you know if I had to if I was in that state for an extremely long period of time I would genuinely think that was my real life um yeah, so yeah. you know like sometimes you're like did I dream that or was that real life yes it's like exactly yeah we don't know the like, universe man there's some weird stuff happening yeah yeah I was gonna say like I never know I don't know because I think like some somewhere in the book is like oh like you know you know like at the very end of a dream like sometimes yeah you like no you're not like you you just wake up so it's like you're you're like all right I'm out of this but Mm -hmm. um yeah I don't know I like never realize in the middle of a dream that I'm like dreaming um and yeah there's like some things that it's like I wake up and I know because I like know those people <laughs> I know that's not real like no one would do that or like nothing made sense except yeah. in the dream but then there are things that are like very realistic so it's like yeah like did that actually happen or not um so yeah I I definitely see how that happens I also thought it was interesting when like we reveal like it was revealed that like you know she was in like you know obviously on the ventilator and everything but like I think somehow someone talked about like it's like you were like so close to death that like you almost saw what was on the other side and life is actually a continuing thing like we don't know what happens but like maybe you got a glimpse of like this this is actually like almost like the next life of this is what would happen if you died and I thought that was really interesting just because you know I'm obviously curious I don't know who's not curious about or I don't know I guess it depends on your beliefs but like I I feel like that is also like an interesting thing to the interesting way to think about it which I don't know maybe that was the reason why it was like her experience was definitely like dissimilar to that other man who's like again it seemed like he could go and visit his wife and kids which I don't know maybe there are situations where you're you can like do that because you're in a situation that is near death and you that happens often but that does not seem great but like to to veer so close to death often but like I don't know I I think if that is like like it was left unclear obviously like we don't know exactly what this is but I think that's like an interesting explanation of it yeah well if y'all don't have any more thoughts then I think that is a wrap on season two, episode 11 of the Useless Doctors Book Club, in which we talked about Wish You Were Here by Jody Picoli. So next week, we are doing something a little bit different. Um, next week, we will be talking about a book that I have already read, but Sarah and Harshley have not read. Um, and this book is one of my favorite books. So if you both don't like it, uh, I'll be very offended. Sorry, just letting you know in advance. <laughs> um, but this book is actually a collection of short stories. I think this is the first collection of short stories we will be ta- I think so, I think, yeah. I think we haven't really talked about collections of short stories. Okay, so this is the first collection of short stories we're gonna be talking about on the podcast. Um, but yeah, it is Someone Who Will Love You in All Your Damaged Glory by the author is Raphael Bob Waxberg. Um, and if that name sounds familiar, he is also the creator of the show Bojack Horseman on Netflix. <laughs> Sarah's face. 
<laughs> you don't I, like the show, right? I, I don't know. That could go like so many different ways. I yeah. just can't imagine it. It's okay. It's a, give the book a chance. Give the book a chance before before judging it. I know. I the show is also a little bit weird, but I happen to like the show. But it took me two tries to actually get into it. Uh, the show, not the book. The book is good, but the show also it, it kind of grew on me. Yeah, but that is what we will be reading next week. Are you guys excited? So excited. Yes. Just letting you know, if you don't like the book, you're going to hurt my feelings. Just letting you know. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, I'm I'm joking. Maybe I'll dislike it on purpose. I mean, if you do, then I'll be like, eh, your enjoyment won't necessarily impact mine. So it's okay. If you don't like it, be honest. Don't don't be no, like- No, at the rate this is going, me and Pooja will like it and- Harshini will not like it. I know how the tables have turned, Harshini. What is this? I know. So but weird. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe it will happen a third time, but um, I don't know. I have a feeling that I'll like, I'll love this book. And then you guys will be like, why do you even like this book? This makes no sense. <laughs> You know what? I feel like it is like a genre thing. Maybe. I don't know. Actually, I have to go back and look at all the books. But like both of these books were (laughs) person on like, I don't know. That's not a fair comparison. But like, you know, person stuck on a planet by themselves, person on an island by themselves. Yeah, like I was like... the vibe the the survivorish vibe okay but but here's the thing me and Pooja like the part where she was stuck and we didn't like the rest of it yeah yeah and and I would want to say like maybe this kind of like sci-fi-ish realm of like you know cusp of reality or not reality but like I don't know I don't I don't think it was that either I I don't know it's just it was just the books (laughs) highly rated books that you just have specific problems with, honestly, is the category. I mean, this, <laughs> this book is pretty highly rated. Someone Who Will Love You and All Your Damaged Glory is also pretty highly rated. Um, but if you're kind of into borderline between fiction and reality, not to spoil anything, but you might be in for a nice surprise. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, then, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.